1: Shake them ropes. I'm Jeff. He's Chris. Hi, kids. Don't, don't be one of those people who want to watch the world burn. Just don't. <laughs> Chris and I discussing world events prior to going on air. Uh, a lot to talk about in the world of professional wrestling this week. Um, first, attention must be paid. RIP to Bob Kulik, I think is how you say his name. Uh, Kind of like a ghost, uh, ghost writer for rock musicians of some way. The quote-unquote first lead guitarist of Kiss, I think it was, but also the lead guitarist on Motorhead's "The Game" theme for Triple H.
0: Interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I had never seen an image of him. He looks like Paul Ellering. Like I was sitting there going, like. Ah, I see where Paul O'Grady got this rebrand, and apparently he's the guy who composed uh, "Sweet Victory" for SpongeBob SquarePants.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the amazing lives of certain performers. Dude, some people
0: live really interesting lives. I've been sending you stuff uh, in the DMs here with Robert Fripp. Right? Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Like, uh, you know, the he's leading like the most interesting life. The dude at one point started a guitar school where people were just like coming over and hanging out with him and all of that. Um, And then you had at at one point now he's like married to Toya. I believe is her name. I, I don't know enough about her, but she apparently does. Uh, song and dance. I have people like staring at me through my window right now, Hawkins. This is weird. I have like an audience. People are watching me tape Shape Them Ropes live.
1: They're looking for your gear <laughs> yeah, well, to...
0: Now I have to move all this shit upstairs.
1: Pretty so. much, dude. <laughs> are, they scoping, are they scoping out or are they just really...
0: Um, They're like 11, so I, oh, I think okay. I'm okay. okay I, I, I don't think they're getting ready to go and defend <laughs> the local Walmart either as part of a child militia league. Like.
1: Jeff Hawkins is canceled for assuming people watching Chris are criminals. Thank you very much. Um,
0: <laughs> no, I think they are kids who are mystified by seeing a microphone in a window, and you know, oh, okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah,
1: I'm just being careful. I'm not be po- be
0: positive Hawkins. Be positive.
1: <laughs> You've had stuff stolen before too. I know, like <laughs> ten
0: months ago. Yeah, I'm trying to be positive. I I I, I stay optimistic uh, about humanity. I think Sometimes the one for me it was uh,
1: two or three hit wonder Robbie Neville who wrote a bunch of songs for people, and then it's like he moved on to write, write and produce stuff for the Disney teen types, and you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but I guess that's kind of a lateral move. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm trying uh, to throw people offhand, but I can't right now.
0: I, I've got a little story from you or for you for them the week here. So uh, you know, I've got the other cat, Yuffie, um, as you like to cast gave me about here. Um, A couple weeks ago, I took her into the vet to get her her shots and everything, and you know she needs to eventually get spayed. But trying to space out some of these things because I'm furloughed right now. So I did the shots, and she's also like six and a half pounds when we weighed her in. Um, My vet goes, "Well, you know, I think she's six or seven months old because it looks like she's got her adult teeth." And I'm going, "Well, she's six or seven months old. She's probably right around getting ready to have her first heat." But then I'm also looking at her and going this cat is like the smallest cat I've ever had. And if she's seven months old, she'll be smaller than hazy by a good 20 to 25%. And hazy was definitely a run in her litter. Like, I mean, Yuffie is going to be tiny compared to shadow. She's like maybe half the size of him. Like she's, she's really, really small. Um, well, you know, some people don't trust doctors these days. It's kind of a, kind of a hip thing to do. Um, I, I, didn't want, I didn't distrust my doctor. My doctor, is, uh, he's a good doctor. Uh, but I was trying to find a reason not to listen to him because I didn't want to spend that money right away. Uh, so I was like, well, you know, I'll do the spay next month. She's probably not six months old. Turns out, Hawkins, I'm not a doctor. He is, and uh, he was right. And Yuffie uh, has now gone into heat this week. So I now have to wait out the storm. I have to weather the storm here around the Costa del Novo. So those my of you boys like, are can't
1: Tinder on your phone.
0: Yeah, You're my boys are tutored but, but I'm I'm dealing, you know, with, with teenage anxiety and, and teenage tension and it's uh it's 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 a rough time <laughs> for me. So give me in your thoughts, is what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: Chris on the porch with a shotgun waiting for a cat to come up the sidewalk.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You my cat? <laughs> well, you know, it's been so it's been kind of temperate out here at night, some cases, like some evenings, and I'm now absolutely not keeping the windows open because yeah, no, back call.
1: So, mittens, what do you plan to do with the rest of your life? I'm going to college or I'm gonna start a rock band, sir. Get off my lawn. <laughs>
0: me and my friends are into cat gents music we're getting ready to go on tour with our gents band
1: you know my parents (laughs) want me to be a doctor but i really want to pursue music because it's my dream uh (laughs) so chris about uh about 15 minutes after last week's shake them ropes drops in the dms Comes the note, expect Drew Gulak back with WWE momentarily. Sure enough, this week, Drew Gulak resigning with WWE. Very happy. Make that money.
0: And then also, hana broke right after we got yeah,
1: done. Yeah, yeah. We go up, and now we're going to go no, down. We have a, have, have, a, no, have a
0: horrible track record yes. of missing a major story. Mm -hmm. within an hour and a half after we get done taping. So uh, I don't want people to feel like we ignore these sorts of stories. Um, I'm not super familiar with her work. Um, It seems like, you know, obviously touched a lot of performers. And the one thing I think um, it kind of touches the theme that we've opened up the show with is just like people are willing to be really cruel within like the anonymity of a mob yes. and kind of hide behind the veil of this is okay because it it wasn't me who said the final thing that broke down Hana. Um, my understanding is that uh, some groups and subgroups and stuff, uh, especially in wrestling fans, are particularly cruel about this stuff. Um, oh, it's I, reality
1: I, TV fans too because I believe yeah. that's where this is born out of is, is the is the high-class high morality world of reality television
0: so yeah no, i know i think people have gotten a little too comfortable with doing objectively not good things within the veil of a group and uh hana is a really tragic example of what happens when you try to do that uh or what happens when you go well it wasn't really me because it all stacks up for her and it all did
1: <laughs> yeah i don't I, you know i'm vaguely aware i've seen some of the stuff from stardom uh i did watch uh her mom's final match which which was like a six person with uh her stepfather her and her mom against uh just a murderer's row i think it was a uh, minora suzuki uh oh i can't remember the other two but oh uh mako Satamura and is it aja kong or is it bull i think it's bull and that's a hell of a six six person team right there. Uh that was very good, but yeah, no, just <laughs> just depressing news. So everybody wrap yourselves in bubble wrap when this thing drops, please, because uh yeah, don't, don't uh we we are somewhat bad luck even though we don't intend to be. Um I,
0: I thought that what Excalibur said and what Morrohnall said. Um in particular Morrow, who is Mauro. someone who's particularly Acutely aware of just how damaging this stuff can be um, and how, how bad, how horrible, like, you know, getting like mobbed up on um, can be to someone's psyche, especially if they've got any sort of psychological issues. Um, and you don't know that you just don't. Um, I, I thought that their statements were pretty powerful and well placed. Um, and I thought that was great.
1: Agreed. Also, for SmackDown news, looks like one Matthew Riddle has served his time in NXT. Has learned how to see the hard camera, and we'll be uh, we'll be on SmackDown momentarily in the same same universe as one Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan and Cesaro and Nakamura, and I am kind of here for it,
0: dude. They've got this great roster that I can only hope is going to yield us good matches. Otherwise, I'm going to be supremely disappointed because. I, I know we've said this before, but this particular roster is really stacked with some serious workhorses, and it would be just the damned shame if we don't even get, like, 50% of the good matches that we hope to get out of them.
1: True that. Uh, there is a new Wednesday night baby face on the horizon. His name is Ulysses S. Grant, Chris. <laughs>
0: It's so weird, man. People, people people, want to see their Ulysses S. Grant, apparently.
1: People love Ron Chernow and Leonardo DiCaprio producing documentaries. I have a person I kind of know. The, uh, the head of UVA's Civil War Center is featured prominently on a – it's more of a docudrama than a drama. But, yeah, it uh, did quite well on Wednesday nights, Wednesday Night Wars. Uh viewership better I, i'm trying i was trying to find the numbers I couldn't, but it was like 857 to 700 something um
0: yeah but, no uh, i mean it's, it's good that the viewership numbers are not continuing to arc downward Yes. right yeah like, like the the fact that it, it bounced back up this week for both of them that's a good sign i i don't think that's necessarily correlated to presentation but at bare minimum, when they're sitting there and trying to calibrate out, you know, like where's the floor? It seems like the floor is around six hundred thousand at least for right now.
1: Uh, Nigel McGinnis has been furloughed. Uh, don't uh, I don't know the the terms of furlough versus release, and if he can pursue other work. But if he could be poached, I'd poach him. I would. I, I'm I mean, thinking yeah. furlough
0: probably has some legal hooks in it, yes, which is I'm, why they've chosen furlough versus release.
1: Uh, well, even the release has hooks in it. So it's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, you can't really go get another job, but you ain't going to be working for us for a while. Um, I, I wonder if Nigel has the itch to come back in the ring. i I do sometimes i think he's a little old to do it but uh is he cleared to be able to do that i don't know yeah in any way but because he is um i believe he is overseas and because he works (laughs) because he works stateside shows and he won't be there for a while time to be furloughed um also let go one Krista joseph Formerly, former uh, long timer for WWE, but also I believe number two in uh, your former neighborhood, Lucha Underground. No real explanation given, but um, might have been a cost-cutting measure. Might not have been, Chris. Do you have any thoughts on Chris and Joseph, or do we? Can we?
0: Move yeah, on? I mean, I don't. I'm not super familiar with like. Did Joseph's specific artistic brand, other than obviously, of course, I reviewed Lucha Underground. So it's not like, well, you never saw Lucha Underground, Chris? No, of course I did. Well, he but, did
1: dance in a G string naked once on SmackDown, I believe, a long, long time ago.
0: When he- <laughs> like, like, I don't know what he was behind right now on SmackDown. And so, like, I, I think the the answer as to what's not clicking or what wasn't clicking is probably what angles was this guy behind? Um, in the current storylines. I, I don't know that, so I, I don't have thoughts beyond this. Okay.
1: Yeah. This past Sunday, or not Sunday, this past Saturday was Double or Nothing by AEW. Uh, I ordered it. Chris watched it. Um, So a couple of ice-cold takes. I thought it was a little bit pricey for the quality that was out there. I really liked MJF and Jungle Boy. I think like that
0: was a great match, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah was really, that was really really a really good, I match. mean,
1: I, yeah, it, it was old school. It was, you know, told a story of two young up and comers who were, you know, facing each other. It was a good wrestling match. They chopped the hell out of each other, which is always in my wheelhouse. Oh, I saw a lot of people really, really praising that stadium stampede match to the point where i almost felt it was disingenuous to get over that AEW does cinematic wrestling better than WWE at times and i understand that mindset i just i think
0: there's like a, a conventional wisdom that sometimes sets in and creates a momentum where like people decided early on some people in the community earnestly liked the stadium stampede match um and then i think other people just didn't want to have a fight with it, so they were trying to figure out why they liked the Stadium Stampede match. Yeah. But I have a hard time sitting here and spending the last month criticizing what WWE has been doing with these audienceless wrestling presentations. Uh, particularly Edge and Randy Orton, which we committed just an, an inordinate amount of time to, lest anyone think we're WWE tankies here. Um, We were we were not fans of that. Uh, like, I, I think one is hard-pressed to watch the stadium stampede match and go, oh, that was different and therefore good. Like, I, for, for example, I'll, I'll just pick, like, one little beat out of this. Um, Adam Page and the horse – some people like it. I could see kids even liking it. It it does seem kind of cool. And I think Adam Page is ultimately doing a lot of stuff to get himself over really well. So I don't want to come down too hard on him. But Kenny Omega is sitting at a bar and drinking milk like in the middle of a match. It's goofy. I'm like drinking whiskey and milk well, together. It's, it's
1: kind of classic. It's a classic film trope after, you know, I remember, you know, My only go-to on this one is Cannonball Run, but I can't think of another one right now.
0: No, I I know there are other bar fight tropes. Yeah,
1: After the fight, sitting down and having a drink. I mean, I have the same note for that vignette as I did the Vince McMahon one in Money in the Bank. Right. I, I wanted Jake Hager and Adam Page to really have a few and almost bond by bitching about their problems with their own factions. That's what I want to happen, where, you know, these young bucks, they really like Cody more than me. And Jake Hager goes, yeah, I know, man, that's Guevara. Gets on my nerves sometimes. And then they have a few drinks and they go, so are we going to do this? And then go into it. That was my only story beat that I thought, okay, that might have been a missed opportunity. A lot of people hated the Matt Hardy pool spot because of the Shad Gasbird stuff. Yeah, the
0: timing on that was bad. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's it's great to be doing that. I, I just a lot of this stuff. If I don't like the WWE thing, I don't know why I would like this. I, I mean, I, I did pop at the uh, WWF No Mercy sixty four reference. I don't know if you caught this. The, the <laughs> oh, the, uh, the the Irish whipped him into the bat yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That was funny. Um, but like, also. Okay, I found that spot funny in a very long match that didn't have a ton of narrative cohesion and did not feel like a main event. Yes. Was, there you go. That's there's, the real issue here. At the, like the real if issue. this if this had opened up the show, I don't think I would have had a problem with it at all. Um it's the fact that we're like and now we're going to our main event, which is a comic fest mm-hmm. involving Chris Jericho, which has become if if you've got the AEW formula pie here, Jericho comedy is becoming ever larger parts of the yes. AEW pie, and it's not to the benefit of the product.
1: Preach. Um. Yeah, I, I want blood and guts and not Matt Hardy doing the Lake of Reincarnation for my... Main event again, Matt Hardy does not fit for my main for
0: my main event angle. Like Jericho and Matt Hardy totally have a place on this roster. Jericho and Matt Hardy do things that I really like, and I like that there's certain things they're able and free to do in the AEW. I really do appreciate but for them to get the final seg of weekly shows, for them to get this much time at the end of a pay per view that you're asking people to pay big money for. just don't think it's the right move for the business i think for their their business not like the business their
1: business yes i I think that's a good transition into this week's dynamite um unless unless you have something you want to backtrack on that's really burning at you
0: no no because we're gonna talk about uh sheeta here in a minute but we can we can talk about that when we get to her on the dynamite card
1: the mike tyson angle was pure member berries I mean, it's it 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 was Austin. It made them
0: feel like TNA. Like yes. I complained early on that I they had a bit of a TNA stink about them, which was like we're doing the W we're doing WWE done right, which is a way of like making yourself like the cover band. Like Kiss doesn't play the songs hard enough. We're gonna play those same Kiss songs only with more distortion and better amplifiers and a more thunderous drum kit. But you're still. Taking your cues from a lead dog, even if you're working harder, it makes you feel like a like a super subordinate. Like you're the big heavy who who's taking the marching orders and still following someone else's lead.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I. I did. And of course. Quote unquote actor uh, Mickey Gooch Junior is the son of a very, very wealthy Wall Street banker who has befriended Tyson and has a production shingle and he's, is, is dressed out there playing, I think, a character called the Raccoon. I think that's what he was trying to do here, looking, looking like Martin Cove from Cobra Kai, but younger, but drunker. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. What do you think
0: about Jake and Arne um, in their angle, too?
1: You mean you mean from the previous week where they're talking to each other?
0: No, I'm talking about like the way that they were used during the Mike Tyson match.
1: Oh, uh, no bueno no, yeah, no I, yeah,
0: I know yeah, I didn't think that, that that helped them at all
1: i mean, it, it, it was it was too clever by half. We have to think of a way to get rid of him and think of a way to get to him, and now Jake's back with the snake and, and it, it's just i I don't think Arn is a good manager. I just don't I like him as a presence somehow in a wrestling program. But I think as rah rah cheerleader guy, that ain't it. It really isn't. And then and then you know Tyson. I would
0: love him him as like the strategist, right? Like I would love Arn if Arn was actually pulling Cody aside, reframing Cody, and then you saw Cody's performance in the ring really recalibrate as though he's taking. Cues from Arn and Arn's really coaching him up. Meanwhile, you see a dichotomy between Lance and Jake. Like maybe Jake just pulls Lance aside, just slaps him across the face. Um, so you've got talking, coaching, speaking to the wrestler's emotion on the babyface side, and you've got Jake just encouraging viciousness from the Murder Hawk monster. Um, I, I didn't. I also felt like Lance Archer just kind of like. Walking off made him feel really ho hum, like his heat is gone. Especially yeah. with Cage appearing on this show.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, and look, it, it, it. Remember our Legion of Doom idea with all these disparate wrestlers who are heels, but they're man old wrestlers, but they're managing other young wrestlers. And I think it would be fine if there was a connection there somehow. I, I just don't think Arn Anderson is it, and I I like Jake, but Jake thinks he's the star of this group. You can tell by the way he's acting and and he's not oh no
0: jake jake really thinks he's still got it yes yeah no i, I like it and jake still got some of it and it flashes and in spurts for sure but jake still thinks he's got one last it.
1: run brother one last
0: run, brother <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> and of course the big news for which some in wrestling twitter jumped down my throat and i will I'm gonna fight him now, Chris.
0: <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna get fought. We'll, we'll Debut see. Debut
1: of FTR, the former revival on AEW, who <laughs> slowly driving with a truck. What is it with the
0: trucks? What is it with the trucks, Jeff? Why? Why? Why are there? Everyone's in a truck. Everyone's always in a truck.
1: And they come in and they help. They they're doing the fake mutual respect angle. I think by getting rid of the butcher and the blade, and I tweet, I think you want to save that debut for when crowds come back, and I understand it may have to wait a bit. I may understand that it, or I may understand. I understand it may have to wait for a while, but this is a this is a feud that has it's a been jump starter burning. For four years. It can wait a little longer. The anticipation can build. You can drop hints if you want to on the actual show as opposed to being the elite if you want. Why not have them,
0: yeah, like cutting video stuff and sending it in, doing yes. interviews? It's not clear if they're going to be baby face or heel. Uh, I, I mean, have them sort of like dragging their heels on this stuff, but really building anticipation for them to be revealed.
1: Because, like, it is the biggest I'll tell you, Jeff, your company's going to have in five years.
0: Two weeks from now, you're not going to remember that they beat up the Butcher and the Blade. Yes. That's the not. problem here. And this was, to your point, when you need to get crowds back into the house, you're going to want to have a sure money, guaranteed hot feud that you can build cards around, that you can build pay-per-views around, and the revival ftr whatever you want to call them and the young bucks is one that's got legs for at least 6 months probably the better part of a year if you do it right um and like that they, they can really be the hub the, the the wheel and spoke of the tag team division for uh, the foreseeable future you can work the revival as baby faces with the AEW crowd you can work them as heels with the AEW crowd uh, I, there's so many options with these guys but you want to bring people in and give them the greatest chance to succeed. And I don't feel like they got even the, you know, the cage level of attentivity.
1: Correct. I think you're exactly right here. I, and here was the constructive criticism, and I'm going to push back against it. It was, Jeff, you know, we're, we still have TV to do. They need new people, and they need new stories to tell. So this, I'm like, they have. I forgot who did it, and I'd love to give them credit, but I just don't have it right now in front of me. There are, between actual tag teams and individuals who are in tag teams, there are 16 tag teams on this roster right now that you can use, (laughs) including the Young Bucks. Ten of which
0: are in the dark order, though. We got to qualify.
1: Well that's fine. Build up the beaver. Brothers <laughs> I'm joking. Beaver yeah, yeah, yeah. Uno and Stu Grayson or is it, is it Stu Grimson? No, Stu Grayson. Stu Grimson's the hockey enforcer. Stu Grayson. <laughs> Sorry. LA Kings talk here on Straight them ropes. No, but but you have teams you can build because you're supposed to build these teams. That's what's supposed to happen in storylines when you introduce new things, new feuds. You're supposed to build them up. And this, to me, just came off as meh. It was it was pure. Well, here's, here's Injecting FDR. new people, this is the same problem that we
0: have so often with the call-ups onto the main roster in WWE. They inject people into the mix, and the issue isn't, oh, we need to inject someone new into the mix. The issue is that the mix is being mixed in a boring way. And so just injecting Matt Riddle into the mix doesn't mean anything, even though the mix is currently populated on SmackDown with like a fantastic level of talent, if you're not mixing those elements the right way. Um, and, and that's the same issue that you see here with this AEW tag team division.
1: There's, there's a difference between popping the podcast newsletter crowd and getting someone who may have watched the revival do... Ass cream and shave their back jokes onto the TV and being, holy crap, did you see how badass they were in their debut on here?
0: This is hit- where the video packages and stuff would be so clutch. You have yes. them just working in their private rehearsal space and they're bringing in. Like local guys, quote unquote training partners, and you just see them working on moves and tandem moves. Everything from the Doomsday Device to the Shattering Machine. You just see them workshopping stuff, and and because the whole goal of these video packages has to be undoing the Ass Cream Revival stuff. <laughs> no, no, you're you're for real, because like everyone keeps looking at the. 700 to 800 who's you know who's on the race to a million and the important thing i think to remember is that especially for AEW, if you're trying to bring in lapsed fans the number you are still looking at is 1 million and if you're not breaking 1 million that means that you're just playing to the podcast audience crowd
1: yeah and it's and say well we're they're the talk of the internet like like wwe does um yeah i i i uh I really didn't have a whole lot else on uh, D- dynamite. Those were the two major. Okay,
0: so like let's talk oh, about JR. um JR. yeah J R and but like also like Sheeta because I thought it was pretty poor the way they presented Sheeta on Double or Nothing and then also here in this enhancement match which was like overly competitive which is okay. a total AEW problem but the other issue is that okay Hana passes we talked about Hana earlier. AEW does a great thing with Excalibur, where he talks about it. Sheeta wants to come out and pay tribute to Hana. That's great. After that match, though, they tried to make, or they tried to make Sheeta carry so many different emotional notes and beats, and she was having a hard enough time in the presentation in the pre-taped packages. So asking this performer to do that and linger out there in the ring and cry and maybe like actually feel real stuff about Hana and be like crying. Like I, it was just, it was uncomfortable. Um, in the same way that I thought the video packages were poorly edited. Like, so y- you have to do more takes with her. That's fine. Do the takes you need to do to make sure that this person is presented with like the maximum amount of credibility and make sure that everything she's saying, especially in a controlled environment sounds as good as it possibly can.
1: Yeah. Um, Alluding to what I referenced before that, uh, J.R. Has to go. So yeah. Ready. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, I did, did, did. Dude. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Or he,
1: or he needs somebody, somebody in production needs to sit down with him and he's on a big money contract. I get that. He's a legend in this industry. Y- you can't be doing rats and romance jokes you can't there's do been the one time. every week.
0: We, I mean, you and I have come to tape over the last two months. and I think there has been one pretty darn bad thing that Jr. has said every single week, and he's not doing it within the context of being a heel announcer. Even like now that that excuse like Cornett's behavior, but he's not even working within that character. Jr. is supposed to be the voice of authority, and he's making, yeah. A lot of bad jokes. I'm,
1: I'm looking for the joke. <laughs> Hold on here. Yeah, you no,
0: okay. yeah let, let's make sure we get it precise.
1: <sighs> um, and,
0: but this to your point, point, one one of the things that we said about NWA that I really stand by with like our analysis of it is that the issue was a production team issue. That people need to be listening to the commentary, listening and observing and watching the final product and taking and making notes about these sorts of things and having these conversations with on air talent. Maybe you can't catch it live, but there's no excuse um for this, for this to be happening week in, week out. And some of these shows have been pre taped. So they've had the opportunity to edit some of this stuff out and it's just stayed.
1: Yeah. Other stuff Wednesday, I will forgive the sunny kiss bad pronoun thing. I, I will. I I'm I'm I think he is being very careful about that. And
0: yeah, and I'll give him credit on that. It. I he's been he's been good on Nyla too. Like I really do think he is really doing his best. And I I, I can I can, you can
1: hear the struggle with
0: Nyla. Yeah, you can hear the struggle with it, which is also why I think like the flub in match was I just looking at Sonny Kiss and seeing a woman.
1: Yeah. Um about Christy James. James has tremendous upside, Hannah hits a knee. She goes down pretty well. And I I can almost forgive that one. I can almost, but you don't say it. I I, I know. Um,
0: he said about, some other things, too, about, about James. About Kip,
1: Kip and Penelope Ford. He doesn't yeah. keep up, He doesn't keep up with rats and romances. That's inexcusable, that one.
0: Because um, they're actually, like, engaged IRL, right? Yes. yes
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. MJF, MJF can get away with rats. I don't think your broadcaster can get away with rats. I I just don't I'm I'm maybe I'm oversensitive if I am come at me folks just get at me on Twitter at crap game 13 and go Hawkins you're you're off base about this because of your JR negativity overall I mean I I want JR to do well I want to do but he's had a really
0: long sample size here and like this JR says a questionable thing continues to come up. And I want to know that, like, we've actually talked about not doing or not mentioning some of that stuff just because we didn't want to dwell on it because we felt like it was getting repetitive at various points here over the last six months. So the fact that we're even dropping stuff and it's still coming up, like, it, it's it's a problem. It, it really is. Uh, I, I And I think, can you correct it? Sure. But also we've seen this company be able to do a really good uh, presentation with Tony Schiavone and Chris Jericho, and those two guys seem to get it just fine. They don't seem to have these problems.
1: Yeah, speaking of Jericho, I mean, the, I thought the Brit Baker segment was fun, but is, is is all creative now? Former former Chris Jericho angles because the conspiracy thing, but
0: uh... yeah, yeah, okay, no, so yeah, the Brit Baker angle was really fun, but yeah, like no, it totally was just a former like that's like some of my favorite Chris Jericho stuff, so I have a hard time hating it fully but yeah no it did occur to me as well but i'm fine with Britt baker thinking everyone's out to get her um she's a very funny character and she's she a is. great performer she's no she's really
1: never thought she could be
0: dude she's really found her stride she's been one of the one of the absolute highlights of aew
1: chris we would now like to welcome wwe and nxt into the uh, the performers from the performance center I'd like to welcome them into the magical world of being a non union extra for television. Steve? For 10 hours, baby. <laughs> so
0: here is my thought. I, I've been really kind of thinking, perhaps too much. Maybe I'm like mildly obsessed with the spit glass, um, especially in the entryway, because it occurs to me that when we finally are able to get wrestling back in front of live audiences. It's going to be really important to make sure that the performers are able to get to the ring and, um, let me be nice about this, be dry. Uh, Because people, wrestling, has a long history of spitting on the heels. And in the era of COVID-19, spitting on the heels could be potentially disastrous for this company. So that spit glass needs to be really good. But at the same time also, then it occurred to me, the audience side of that spit glass is going to get gross at the end of each one of these shows. Like those are going to be biohazards. So I think the spit glass is good, especially for the company, but it does occur to be like the audience side of the spit glass is going to be really, really gross.
1: Hmm. So SmackDown started with an angle. (laughs) I'm just going to throw it up. Jeff Hardy, drunk driving.
0: Oh, is is that what you think is going on there? I, I, I think they're framing Jeff.
1: Oh, I think they're framing him, but still, even, even the very... Uh, there, there's a difference between the outrage of Matt Hardy being drowned in the same week that Chad Gaspard drowned and using Jeff Hardy's own DUI history in an angle. I understand
0: the real life... Yeah, right. in a meaningless angle, too.
1: Yeah, I, under, I, I understand the real life and fiction thing, although
0: this company has not earned the real life and fiction blurring the lines nuanced yeah. storytelling no 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 I just, come it, on it,
1: it, i mean and unfortunately i'm watching real life twitter during this time and and things going on in the city i just i got depressed i did i i i understand and i like a good whodunit and it's obvious that seamus is behind it all but still you're I, I
0: I think it's Elias. It's gotta be Elias. Oh you do? No, I'm I'm joking. I would wouldn't it, wouldn't that involve him hitting himself with his own car? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I, think it's that.
1: Well no, the car is Jeff Hardy's because they found this.
0: Oh, uh, maybe Elias used a rope and like undid <laughs> the cut. <car laughs> so it would hit him.
1: Yeah, I uh yeah. I, I like I liked that there were people in the audience. I thought it made for a more positive. I don't like
0: WWE's version of the audience, though. I think AEW's version of the heels cheering the heels and the babyfaces cheering the faces makes more sense than seeing the WWE performers acting like video game audiences and doing exactly what is expected of them. Uh, The most notable one, you saw Shotzi Blackheart. On the left-hand side of the aisle, but she's a baby face, so her was she was not as jarring because she's at least you know going in the right direction of the show. It was very weird to see Jessamine Duke on the right side of the aisle yeah. cheering the baby faces and booing the heels. Um, she's very prominent. She's really really visible, um, and I, I don't think that that works so well. Uh, I, I think. AEW kind of came up with a better idea of how to do the wrestlers as audience model. Um, but this kind of gets back to, you know, what we were talking about at the beginning of the pandemic era of wrestling here, which is like in taping these shows, like you'd tape late eighties, early nineties network television shows. So kind of like the way NWA was taping power early on and really leaning into that format.
1: The wrestling was good, but there was only about 30 minutes of it on raw. um,
0: Boy, there's a lot of talking on Raw. My goodness.
1: Uh Apollo Cruz is your new is it US or Intercontinental Champ? I think it's U.S. champ. Memorial. Yeah, Day.
0: you know, he's the US because Sheamus has never been intercontinental champion. So he's trying to finally climb that mountain to become ultimate Grand Slam champion forever.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just think <laughs> it's like I I, I you know, I, I believe it's gonna be Apollo Cruz and then he's gonna drop the title to Angel Garza who had a nice, quote-unquote, clean win over Kevin Owens. Um, You know, both were very good matches. You know, it's just a shame both these guys had been losing so much lately.
0: Yeah, and it's like the Andrade faction has no heat left. I I think you're right, and I I think where we're going is tension between Angel and Andrade over Zelina, and we finally see that Andrade has feelings, um, and then Angel tries... I think it's going to get really, really uh novella is what I think is going to happen with those guys.
1: Uh, the Iconics beat up the tag champs. They're kind of doing a slow burn on their breakup, I think. Everybody has to break up eventually. It's just weird. Um,
0: yeah, no, Alexa's like clearly that that arcing. Idea. Yeah, that that she's clearly arcing back to heel
1: status, right? Oh, no, no, no. I, w- I was thinking the Iconics breaking up.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Because of the punch, and they apologize. They hug. They get vicious and they beat up the tag champs and then in the tag title thing, they lose. But uh, I like the idea of a more vicious iconics versus a more clownish iconics, but I don't think I'm going to get it for very long. I think it's going to be Billy turns on Peyton because they want Peyton to be the babyface And then we move on from there.
0: Yeah. But then it's like turn Peyton babyface to build to what matches. I don't know. I, and I like Peyton. I, I think yeah. she's a good worker. No, yeah, I think she's a good right. worker, but like, it, it just, you know, when you do these sorts of splits, it, you, you want to have a clear destination, and I don't you know, push Peyton seems like a weird, it, the timing just seems off. Um, so I tend to think that we're teasing a little tension between the Iconics, but they're going to ultimately come back together and prevail.
1: Okay. I It's weird because we also have a tag team angle on, on SmackDown with Sasha and Bailey, who are starting to fracture. I, I did really like, uh, I think I kept, may have stung a little bit when, when, uh, when Alexa was called Charlotte jr. I, just, just maybe, I, I don't know. I think it's all kpe but but uh, you know, I know Sasha and Alexa have had problems in the past, but damn, if they don't work well together. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. I, I thought Alexa going through all the standard wrestling moves and all the kickouts and bridge outs and all that stuff. Like, I was thinking, man, I want to see more of that Alexa Bliss because she seems really well built and really well equipped with like her gymnastics background and everything to be able to carry off all of the cool Owen Hardy, even, you know, kind of Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero-y fast sequences that a lot of us grew up really loving.
1: Yeah, and, and and it's nice to see Sasha in there against someone, you know, who can who can at least work with her
0: a Yeah, bit. I, for, I'm sure. Really a huge for sure. For sure.
1: Thanks, man. I found the Nikki Bailey stuff a little I hate to criticize aunt Pam. It's kind of annoying. I know she's supposed to be annoying, but it was really getting on my nerves.
0: Oh, uh, it's, it's because annoying. Nikki is not fun when it comes to lashing back at Bailey because yes. Nikki is so obnoxious that sometimes you're just like, shut up. Um, and really what you want is for Nikki's, chaos, like to really be kind of enjoying Nikki's chaos, getting the better of Bailey. And I and I think Nikki's character is such that it's hard to do that at times.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm watching. I was going to, I was going to wrap this up with our other fam- uh favorite woman on the roster, Oscar. And I just look at her doing the Becky chant on K on KO show. And I'm just like, I want table for three with, 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 <laughs> with Oscar and uh, EO just being their nutty selves and Kyrie just playing the recorder the entire time. And that's table for three for a half hour.
0: <laughs> it would actually be kind of fun if they, they did all of that and then just had like a captioning team subtitle it afterwards. Like I think that would actually be kind of fun, especially because we've now seen so much of it and WWE isn't bothering you know to explain to us really what's going on here. We're just supposed to be amused by this thing that we don't fully understand.
1: Well, yeah, it's fun on TV, but really, WWE's best show right now is the Bump, and they're gonna have to get rid of it sooner than later because people are having too much fun with it. Much like talking smack, anything fun that gives these people real character depth is gonna get ousted quick because it's not controlled, and and that's a sad thing. If you watch that, I mean, it's it's yeah, I I agree. I mean, they they could have a little bit more fun, fun on the program, uh. Did you like the, uh, the golfing match?
0: Um, no. Like, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, okay, so w- why I'm hesitant is on one level, I like that the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders are friends who are trying to compete for a, a shared set of titles, but they're peers, they respect each other, they like each other, and they're trying to have some fun being competitive with one another. Um, I think that that is actually a fun and cool and fine story, but some of the humor and stuff is just not particularly funny. I mean, the, the issue is that, like, the the actual jokes are not great. It's not um when Steve Regal t- turns Bobby Eaton into Earl Robert of Eaton, yeah. right?
1: Which is dumb and stupid, but still very funny.
0: But those bits are funny. Yeah, no, they're like, yes, they are stupid and basic humor. But one, they're shorter, and two, they're actually funny, which is really the most important thing.
1: The the, the Novemberino rule is, the first rule of comedy is, has to be funny.
0: (laughs) It can can explain away anything else. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Is it funny?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I don't have a whole lot else for, for main roster stuff. Do you?
0: Uh, let me see here. I don't know that I do. Um, was there anything else on SmackDown here? Uh, it looks like we're getting Daniel Bryan a little bit more back into the mix here. Um, Ziegler and Corbin. Uh, Shorty G. I'm so sick of uh, the short puns with Shorty G during yeah. his matches. Um, yeah, like it's now becoming a it's becoming a point of curiosity for Cole and Corey Graves. Like they like to see how many. Of them, they can slide in. Like, have you ever seen the... uh, You've seen Super Troopers. Have you ever seen Super Troopers? Uh, Are you familiar with the bit, though, where they're, like, trying to insert Meow as many times into a police pullover? That's what they're doing with Shorty G and trying to get, like, little and, oh, that was a short one, you know, lots of little things like that. I just did it myself.
1: Yeah, I I just... It was kind of a... Wasn't <laughs> yeah? I, I I I bid on. Well, maybe they're gonna. Maybe it's time to repackage Gable again and make him the badass wrestler that he is. And it just kind of. Oh, they're back to the short jokes again. Okay, great. I, I,
0: I, um, and then I like Sonia Deville uh, getting punched in the face by uh, Lacey Evans backstage. I just thought. I mean, we, we've talked about problems in presentation with Sonia Deville. Like that should not be happening to Sonia Deville as her character.
1: Yeah. She, uh, it happens to Weasley heels, not badass heels, and she's a little bit more badass than.
0: Anything. Yeah, right. And especially, especially because they need a badass. Like they, they, they could use more badass heels to kind of, especially, pair up with Shayna Baszler going forward here.
1: So as we move to NXT, I am going to say my major pet peeve of WWE. I had a long conversation with Brian about this form of uh, storytelling and whatnot. Um, I should not have to go to outside sources to watch important plot points. It should be all on television. And Chris, um, (laughs) despite the fact that we once again get uh, Charlotte and her many personalities, (laughs) this time mega-heel Charlotte after, uh, after being on Raw, on Monday, Many faces was, of flair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> unlike unlike, unlike the four faces of flair. We're gonna have yeah. To unlike
0: have, unlike you know? Mick Foley, it's just the exact same outfit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, she and, uh, Chelsea green of the Robert stone brand team up to get a big quote unquote win, uh, versus God, who was it? I guess. <laughs> oh, it was against EO and, uh, and, and Rhea Ripley. Oh, Rhea Ripley, yeah. yeah. Jeez, Jeff. Uh, but afterwards, WWE.com exclusive, you know, they're very happy backstage, Robert Stone and Chelsea Green, and Chelsea Green goes, I don't need you anymore, and leaves him. No real buildup to that. What? Yeah, you didn't know
0: this? What? No, yeah. I didn't know this. Wait, wait, She she dumped... Robert Stone, so we're just dropping the Robert Stone angle because Green is aptly named and not ready to fly on her own at this point as a character. Unless she's gonna be entirely Charlotte's flunky and she was better off having a sycophantic dopus of a manager like Robert Stone.
1: It has to be one of two things. They're either getting rid of Robert Stone, which is a shame, because I think he's a pretty damn good character.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like the Robert Stone character, but because they, they moved Noof away from him too.
1: Oh, did they? Because I th- I, thought, I think I th- so. I thought that this was going to be the entry point for Aaliyah to be part of the Robert Stone brand and then have a feud with Chelsea Green as opposed to doing the apprentice master trope. They're just going to do the, I don't need you anymore. Okay, fine. I'm going to bring somebody else in to beat you type thing.
0: That's interesting. It's just, I, I mean, the idea of, then we're going to be cannibalizing Chelsea Green, I feel like, because I don't. I agree. She's not really going to be a baby face, like I mean, she'll be presented as that, but like you know, she's not particularly sympathetic. I mean, yeah, even it's
1: gonna be that even the match
0: Flair here, she felt diluted, right? Like the, the the gimmick was like Green comes in and she's kind of like peacocking about, like you know, her and Charlotte Flair are basically
1: about even. I'm kind of cool with that as a stable. I'm you know, if 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 Flair was ever going to get a four four horsemen type group, I won't say horsewomen. Cause that would, you, you keep their name out of your mouth, Hawkins. Okay. Uh, You know, Chelsea green would be a perfect second banana. Yeah, no. And I I
0: do love like, cause it's, it's a fresh way of presenting it. It's a classic. You have the heel wrestler and the manager that who's a, who is a weasel, but the heel wrestler kind of beats up on a little bit, never enough that you feel bad for, but like it makes sure that you know that they're both bad people. Um, And I love the dynamic of Green and Stone doing that with, like, the the woman doing that to the sycophantic, dopest, like, total sleazeball agent guy. Like, I love this as, like, a fresh way of presenting that classic trope. Um, And if she really is moving away from it, it's unfortunate because, like, I I don't think that – I just don't see her as being particularly – she's, like, a less interesting Britt Baker to me. She's Britt Baker without any of the charisma.
1: It's weird because I used to say Britt Baker was a less interesting Chelsea Green.
0: I know, but it's clearly the other <laughs> way around now.
1: <laughs> and they used to team together on the Indies, and you can go, okay, which one's this? Uh, um, yeah, I, I uh, you know, I wouldn't even mind Robert Stone with Charlotte Flair, to be honest with you.
0: I no, think- that, and you could totally do that. That would also be good with, with Stone because Stone, Flair could beat up on Stone. Kind of endlessly, oh, and Stone thinks.
1: That. I mean, as like a J.J. Dillon type.
0: I wouldn't mind that either, but like I, I'm—I mean, again, I—I I just um, Flair, especially the way she's been presenting herself, she elevates herself so high above everyone else on the roster. Why would she need Stone? Stone Stone would be there because she sees some usefulness in him.
1: Chris, when did uh, WWE talent start going to the mid School of Catching people?
0: Um, Shotzi
1: Blackheart. <laughs>
0: Yes. She went to the super colo school of uh diving the to the outside. Yes,
1: yes, yes. There oh I forgot there is that second school. There's a school of catching and the school of diving. It might Yeah, the
0: the Mike Mizenin Klo- school of catching is is paired often with the yes. super colo school of diving to the outside.
1: Man, <laughs> if Shake Them Robes had a t-shirt shop, we'd get the Mike from school of catching. Uh yeah. Um I liked the, I liked the match overall. I I kind of uh, <laughs> I howled when <laughs> when uh, Dakota tried to steal the tank. I'm sorry, that was just the most adorable carjacking I've ever seen.
0: I I, I mean the thing is too when she started like breaking it into pieces and like tearing it apart, <laughs> I, it kind of got to like the heart of this is why the tank is so stupid. Like know, you, you, you
1: kind of want both people in the ring to just kind of watch her and go. Really? <laughs> what is
0: wrong with you? Yeah, like, like you Ross. it's not a real tank, right? Uh, but, but, yeah, no, watching Blackheart, because I'd already seen the clip online when I had finally sat down to watch the match. So you, you go and see her climb, you're like, oh, God, this is going to be awful. But, like, I mean, dude, she was having form issues throughout the match, and she's not big, so if you're not taking those bombs just right, it, it is a recipe to get really, really hurt. And, uh, yeah, the, the trust fall there, man, I, I'd assume everyone was lying to me after
1: that. The I'm trying to f- wonder which one I'm going to go to here. Uh, the, the, the Mia Yim, Keith Lee vignette, Mocking, Gargano, and Candace, two-fourth wall breaking or acceptable within this world? I don't know.
0: Two fourth wall breaking like this is kind of going back to my rule about comedy, but like this is just like a rule about like kind of drama stuff where like this just has to be good and it wasn't Um, like they weren't they weren't really delivering the payload Mm -hmm. in those little beats where you're supposed to be breaking the fourth wall. Um, I, li-
1: I liked it. I just, it's one of those things where it's like, I- I'm trying to think of it like an old school corollary. Like, uh, like if rock had come out and talked cause I don't want to use an NWA one cause everybody goes, you talk about old wrestling too much. Okay, fine. I'll talk about newer old wrestling. If rock came out and said, you know, you were stunning Steve Austin in WCW at one time, and you're not really a beer drinking, blah, 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 but you're rather this, you know, I was, I, my original one was if Ric Flair had come out and said, Dusty Rhodes is really rich, not a friend of the working man type of thing. That's what it felt like to me more than clowning on the gimmick in the world. It was clowning on the gimmick, you know, as if you're commenting on it from an outsider perspective. And I just think it was a little bit too cute by half.
0: Yeah, I mean, because doing all those breaks, like, so to the point, like, let's use the Dusty one just as I think that's a really good one because everyone always goes, oh, he's so great at delivering the working man promos. He was. He was also rich as hell. Mm -hmm. Really, really rich. Um, And if you're going to break that wall, to what end? Because if you do that with Dusty, you hurt Dusty's draw substantially. Like, once you have that out there in the kayfabe world, oh, you realize that this guy's not actually poor He's like richer. He's as rich as Ric Flair, maybe richer, um, like, you know, depending on what year it is. Uh, that damages Rhodes' ability to be Dusty Rhodes. Um, and I don't think, obviously, the Gargano Candace example is nearly as extreme, but the, the question goes back to like, why? Why, why do it then? Um, I, I, and, and could you have gotten to the match with Keith Lee? and the match with Mia Yim without having to break the fourth wall like this, and I'd argue you certainly could.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the fence. I, I liked it more than most, but I also thought, does it serve the Gargano-Candice uh, character to mock it in this fashion? You
0: the, this is the promo you do when you're about to smash down that character, yeah. and I think it's way too early to smash down this power couple character.
1: Drake Maverick, correct storytelling?
0: I really loved his promo afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what did you think about the match?
1: Oh, I loved the match. I thought the match was quite well done for a three-way, where it's usually dump a person out and uh, have them you know, t- take a nap for a while while the other two people work. I thought, I thought the three-way spots were quite good. I enjoyed this quite a bit, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, and I thought Drake Mavic should win, and that was my prediction last week. So I, you I did don't have not
1: a, get the dramatic moment of temptation for Jake Atlas. Though
0: I it's, know yeah. that was that was my, my issue is like you you planted all these weird seeds with Jake Atlas, and like I don't feel like uh, we really paid that off, and we yeah, should you have
1: plant you planted those seeds. You know, you had him cheering on the outside during the Kashida match. During the match, you don't do anything. And then in the post-match thing, it's Kashida who comes up and he offers him a title shot if he wins.
0: Yeah, where was Jake Atlas? Yeah, yeah like, crazy. I mean, especially considering you had done all these beats all throughout, um, where was Jake Atlas after the match?
1: And you can't have Jake come out and blow it for drake with the thing where you didn't offer me a title match first so i
0: ruined your oh you might that might that that, i I hope they don't do that but i could totally
1: because you have the heel heel turn incoming from the baby face in this match the other baby face in this match uh el hio del fantasma I, i don't think you can do two of those in one day in one match, that would be too uh, much.
0: Unless they're doing um, our our preferred booking of this, yeah. where it, oh, E. Del Fantasmas actually been trying to save everybody, and it's really Jake Atlas who's he's behind really all
1: crappy super He's just he really bad at a
0: being day. a hero, and Jake
1: Atlas is just <laughs> owning him every step of the way. And he's I'm
0: a sure. super competent villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Don't, don't get my hopes up because now I want this so bad I, I just but then what <laughs> does it do for El Hio Del Fantasma who's fantastic but just inept when he's you know trying
0: well to, I mean at uh, that point truck. now he has a heel faction to work against and, like we, we can he can get his heat back like yeah. you can you can yeah. rebuild it from this point <laughs> but like this would be that that combination of like kind of like darkly funny but also actually narratively satisfied
1: master he shock master part two you know he can't get his seat belt off out of a truck he's he's falling
0: <laughs> <laughs> he tries to climb through the the roof <laughs> the sunroof he's trying to get it open as
1: he gets into the ring you know just here's (laughs) and here's super heel jake atlas laughing the entire way yeah it was just a weird um yeah I, i i i couldn't believe that they just did not give us at least a story beat about that because they had been building it up for a number of weeks and you're like all right, what's the payoff? Unless they're just going to move away from it and then surprise us with it. I yeah, I,
0: I feel like it. they want to do with the surprise thing. I just, I mean, I feel like narrative really dictates Jake Atlas being in front of Drake Maverick and happy yet also frustrated in him having to have an inflection point in front of Maverick. Like, it, it felt weird to not have that happen.
1: Main event, uh, Riddle versus Thatcher in a cage with Kurt Angle as the ref quite a bit of speculation that maybe Kurt Angle would be the spokesperson for Imperium with, uh, Thatcher joining and, uh, well, Walter is away, but that did not happen. Uh, I like this match a lot. I think the, uh, I, I I tend to believe the worked teeth spot was pretty damn fantastic.
0: Yeah, I thought that was great. I, I thought the worked teeth spot was really good. I I man, this
1: match was great. It was I like liked hard hitting. The, I liked the weird new cage thing that yeah. they used for this. Um, yes, absolutely. Riddle doing the the twist off the top. I mean, look, that's a, that's a brutal bump to take. Anyways, but yeah, off of that, I, I mean, I liked the high spots look cool. I like, I like
0: forgoing the Irish whip and just using cage, K- the cage and ricocheting off of the cage and maneuvering off the cage as a way of getting around. It didn't feel there was nothing lost by not having Irish whip spots. Um, I I, I love the scaffolding stuff. Um, I thought camera coverage wise, you could maybe get one or two more people on top of the scaffold. Um, so that you can get more shots from down in the cage. Um, so I thought there were some coverage things that they could improve on next time around. But like, dude, I love this format. I really do.
1: I did. I, I liked it a lot. I would have I would have not miked the doctor. I, I would have just just had him pretend to check and give a thumbs up, to the referee. Cause just can you still fight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I know, I know. It made the doctor seem really like I remember sitting there going like Wow, this doctor does not give a shit about any of these guys unless they can still punch each other in
1: the face. Like, have you watched (laughs) UFC? (laughs) They they stop it for blood to see if the guy can see, but, you know, and and other, you know, it's, if he's still lucid, it really wasn't that it was, you know, how's your, how's your jaw? And it's like, (laughs) 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 it's like going to the dentist. So what are your plans for the weekend? (laughs) Really? I'm. But yeah, no. No, I, I liked I liked I liked the different look of it. I thought it was was very very cool. Um, and,
0: and It gave a different match feel. Um, like this company's, I, I think a lot of cases, always at its best when it's trying out a new match. Mm-hmm. Um, like almost like the kennel kennel from hell or whatever. Uh, but like you know, the latter match, obviously, when they started really kind of working that into the mix. And, and th- this company has a good history of the first time out. It's pretty cool. Um, and this this employment of the fight cage was no exception. Um, what I worry about is the fight cage being done on the main roster and being ridiculously overbooked.
1: I guess I'll end. I mean, I, I was I wasn't going to bring this up originally, but I will. Uh, Champa, carry and Cross, week four.
0: Oof. The Scarlet is uh, less is more with her man. I hate to say that yeah no i i i know i like like because like yeah what was i supposed to glean by those facializations at the end
1: yeah of that? and the weird uh <laughs> the weird waist up prim proper uh uh mia hark harkness is that the name uh Legal I don't know. Gentleman. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> arcane reference Hawkins coming in and then like waist down cocktail waitress type thing, depending on the angle that you were looking at. Not really smiling. Not really. Yeah. it's just almost flirty,
0: but like not really. Yeah. I, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. There's no, there's no heat between the Tommaso Ciampa character and what cross in Bordeaux
1: this isn't Ciampa. This is vanilla babyface Ciampa.
0: Yeah, right. No, that's what I mean. Like, there's just, there's nothing, there's nothing to really make the intersection, the T boning of these two people really intriguing.
1: Like, I think Cross is fine, actually. I think he's doing what he can with these types of WWE promos and getting to your tagline and things like that. I think he's fine. He's, it's fine. Doing a good job on the promo. It's, it's just, fine. It's just it, but- watching Ciampa and going, when did you become such a wuss?
0: Because there's no interplay. There's no, There's nothing for the Ciampa character to really latch onto about why he doesn't like Karrion Cross.
1: Like like if Ciampa healed Ciampa when he's fa- fighting Johnny Gargano, and if Candice LeRae came out at the top of the apron to kind of watch and other things, Ciampa would exit that ring and go after Candice LeRae, drag her by the hair. We'd be talking about it as problematic. No, he would <laughs> no. He
0: would at bare minimum runner to the backstage, yes. right? Like, like if not drag her by the hair or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and, and like what Chapa should be doing right now, especially to get into the head of Carrying Cross, is chasing off Scarlet Bordeaux, um, and really terrifying her. Um, and for her to get the upper hand in these sequences is really damaging to Chapa's I mean, character,
1: frozen solid by a Carrying Cross promo without you know really screaming back or do you know it's it's that wwe trope of stand there and talk while somebody insults you but don't you dare slap or react to it at all and you're like no this isn't that it just didn't work for me i'm, I'm sorry but we'll see what happens at in your house we will have the preview next week break out the old in your house gimmick which i think works against the nxt brand to be honest with you because nx uh, in your house pay-per-views were meant to be not as good as regular pay-per-views and for a cheaper price.
0: I don't think anyone remembers that component of it though. Yeah. Like, like, no, I, I, I remember that. Um, but also one in your house, some of those in your houses actually were awesome. <laughs> like some of those shows are actually really good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, and they were feed, better than Canadian the pay per
1: views. one of the best main events ever. The ever.
0: Yeah. Right. No, I know. So like people really don't associate that with in your house, but you know, you're totally right. That is like the initial thing um if wwe had that problem they would be lucky
1: yeah you can follow me at crap game 13 you can follow chris at chris novembrino you can follow the show at shake them ropes all one word all wrestlers and talent please be careful in the first hour after this drops don't want anything happening to you uh chris a lot of ha- happening across the united states we're yeah. in a really hot place to be right now tell us about your podcasts
0: yeah, so there's a show. It's called Don't Worry About the Government. You can listen to it. Uh, I just uh, recently got beseeched by some listeners to put out the raw version of Don't Worry About the Government, uh, which I, it has been brought to my attention, Jeff, that it's raw de- dog...
1: definition of raw version of Don't Worry About the
0: Government. We call him the raw dog over here. But uh, <laughs> it's been brought to my attention. Raw dog has multiple meanings. So anyways, uh, raw would just literally be like I, when I take we do the conversation like what we do here um for shake them ropes like put well, mm-hmm. putting up basically raw what i do with don't worry about the government is i like i listen through i edit i add in clips and stuff so there'll be extra stuff added in um if something's not timely or if like the the fact is just simply not right or out of date that'll get pulled out um you know people can say stuff or, or like people start saying a sentence and go oh, like, now let me retake this sentence and like on don't worry about the government, you can do that and I'll just edit it later. Um, so like th- those are the sorts of things. I-, I mean, a lot of what I'm doing is like quality of life for the participants as in you're not committed to whatever sentence you start. If you say five words and go, that's not where I'm trying to go with this and want to stop and reset. Um, you know, I'll just edit it and delete it and that sort of thing. But now for the Patreon members, you can hear... Processy stuff, uh, which uh, I'll be making available, and everyone's mildly terrified, <laughs> dude. <it's> like, <laughs> I mentioned this to Brian. He was like, uh the Mike, or co-host or occasional co-host over on the show," and he was like, "A oh, little like, oh, really?" And I was like, "Don't worry, I'll just try to vamp, and m- 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 we just need to suck less on air," is what it comes down to. Um, but see how it goes, raw dog. Awoo! so go to patreoncom D W A T G don't Worry.TV is the homepage for the show. And, uh, you yeah, know, at Chris
1: And also, congratulations to Deanna Perrazzo for going to TNA. Or Impact. Impact. Impact! Impact!